Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and oh my goodness, look who it is. He's an investigative journalist. He's a broadcaster. You can hear him weeknights right here on WIBC. The Tony Kennett cast, the great Tony Kennett. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Okay, so let's get started with this governor's primary. And, of course, people are now frantically turning their signatures in. It looks like at least four of them will be in. We don't know about Curtis Hill yet. I am still waiting for someone, anyone, to stand for anything in this governor's primary. Uh, Incredibly boring. What say you? It is the most boring thing since the Indiana gubernatorial office was created. Uh, (laughs) I patently wonder at what point we're actually going to have someone run for the office. Uh, I was receiving texts during that first principles forum thing where they like sat on stage with each other and they said the audience is yawning. The, the most impactful position on any Hoosier's life for the next four years. And we have three blocks of wax running with different names on them. We have Eric Doden who cannot get out of his like you policy like principle. I used to like Doden. I don't, I no longer, I mean, I, I like him as a guy. He's a nice guy. I no longer like his platform. Because he's been given better proposals than what he opened his campaign with, and he won't adjust them. Yeah. He won't change them. He won't say, you know what, actually, this is a better idea. My first idea was a little underbaked. I'm going to move on to something better. No, we're going to put a lot of state subsidies into small towns. Why? What? There are better options. No, we're going to still do that. So I'm no longer on the donation. Curtis Hills. Here, wait, wait. Uh, hang, hang on real quick. We'll get to Curtis. And we talked about this earlier. I kind of... I'm kind of getting more okay with Doden because he came out against yes. Leap, and anybody who screws Holcomb, I think I'm going to be a fan of. So, I mean, is that petty of me to, to base my no, opinion if, on if, Doden solely because of I, that? Again, as I've said before, if the primary was today, I would either be voting for Doden or for Hill. I have my gripes with Doden. And I, by the way, I'm friendly with a lot of people on his campaign. I'm friendly with Doden himself, but my policy is there is no person that is above reproach or praise yeah. based on the situation. I don't care if you're my best buddy and you do something wrong, I'm not going to defend you for it. So given that, uh, when it comes to Hill and Doden, who I like, they have not run good campaigns. They just haven't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they're two of the best candidates that have ever graced the Indiana political stage when they can't even get out there and attack their opponents who are the most e- – all you got to do is say Mike Braun and then, like, make fun of him, and that's, that's a decent campaign ad. They won't do it. Suzanne Crouch is somehow running away with the evangelical vote in Indiana. How the hell did that happen? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Now, we're supposed to have her on next week. I got to check with our old pal, Robert Vane, to make sure that's that's still on. Um, what, sh- what, what should, because we want to be fair, mm-hmm. and I think that's why she's coming on. She mm-hmm. knows we're always very fair as interviewers. Absolutely. What we do during interviews is I let Casey be the bad person. I know, he does. He's all Mr. Tough Guy, yeah. and then when they get there in front of his face, he goes soft, and then I have to be yeah. the tough one. Yeah, so that way um, people can't accuse me of being, uh, you know, whatever I always so get you, accused you of. So you make fun of me for that, but I do the same thing. <laughs> you know, again, it, as, as much as I'd love to say say Rob and I are very different. We're very similar and it mm-hmm. gives me the creeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should, what should, what's the number one thing we should ask Suzanne Crouch yeah. if indeed she comes in next week? How on God's green earth are you different from Eric Holcomb? Mm. Yeah. That's, that's what fair, I would right? ask. How, it, how is she going to separate and herself number two, from him? And number yeah. two, I, I want to ask you seriously, there is a difference between sitting in the seat and leading Indiana. My biggest concern for her is that I, I've seen her sit in the seat. I know she has the, the ability to govern. I don't question her intelligence. She's very analytical mind. I wouldn't really be super upset if she was the governor. 
I don't say that she's earned my vote at this point because I'm say I, I hate to say this. She has the personality of a piece of Hobby Lobby size twelve balsa wood. <laughs> Well, that was pretty descriptive. Uh-huh. I usually just, I just go don't, dry paint. I don't, I don't see her and I go, oh, leader, I'll follow you anywhere. He's been in she a craft store lead. lately. <laughs> That's right. I'll go back to a craft store, mm-hmm. too. Uh, Tony Kidd, it's our guest. We're talking about this uh, just highly inspiring governor's primary that's uh, taking place. Okay, so uh, Hill may not get the signatures. He appears to be the only one who doesn't have them at this point. Well, on the- he, sat, he sat up in northern Indiana. Uh, he he based his campaign out of rural northern Indiana and and hit cultural st- and said you've coming down here beating the ground in Indianapolis in the donut counties and like holding rallies which well honest to God I'm ready for a governor candidate a gubernatorial candidate to hold a rally get me inspired and I don't mean some Sunday night church service in nowhere Caresville or or Middletown or New Albany I mean actually a big rally that encourages people you link yourself with some other good candidates screw the lincoln day dinners Mm -hmm. i'm so tired of the garbage baked catered chicken and everyone giving the same garbage (laughs) used car salesman speech inspire me how come other states get to have good governors and i'm stuck with a lego minifigure that's been dressed in a cheap jd bank suit he's not a fan of the rubber chicken dinner well suzanne crouch did have a rally recently and she was proposing her axe the tax thing again do you think that that's going to work for her again uh, how is that different than any of the last umpteen governors in indiana we're going to get rid of taxes yeah yeah you're a republican like that's that's baked into the cake you're getting out there and saying i'm a republican who'd like to lower taxes it's like saying hi i'm a sky who is sometimes blue you know Kidding. <laughs> I expect that from you. That's not leadership. That's the status quo. Uh, Tony Kennett's our guest. All right. Um, so we talked about this earlier in the show, and this is uh, this may be the most egregious thing I've ever seen in the Indiana State House, and I've been either covering it or a part of it for, what, 11, 12 years now. Diego Morales endorsing Jim Banks. Diego, Diego Morales, as Secretary of State, endorsing Jim Banks in his official taxpayer-funded office. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is highly egregious, and I hope someone takes a very long, hard look to see if any and all applicable rules were broken, because this is like, as we talked about earlier, Casey, mm-hmm. if you are an NBA referee before the Pacers play the Suns in the NBA Finals going, I hope Kevin Durant wins wins the uh, the NBA MVP. I cannot believe that this is going to be allowed to stand without retribution, but Kenneth, the floor is yours. So I, so I was I was sorry I was looking over at Casey she had her finger up in the air and well, it, I was gonna it, she say, wasn't not, flipping me off not which only, is a good thing. Not only did he endorse him but he actually called him Senator Banks. Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, I as you know this is this is kind of a fun one for me because I do like Jim Banks and I think that he will make a good senator given the garbage that's currently in the US Senate. However, I'm going to attribute the situation with Diego uh, Morales to something that we already knew. He doesn't know how the office works. He doesn't know how state government works. He has no idea what the laws are. He he doesn't get it. And this is what happens when you have populists who run for office because it's the cool thing to do. When you don't understand how the office works, what the laws are, you've seen this in school board elections and school board office holders around the country, they'll do something and it's against the law to do that. I'm sorry, but you need to know what the rules are if you're going to run for office. If you're just running for office because I really want to run for office, I'm passionate about running for office. By golly, I'm going to get in there and things are going to change. And then you get in there and look like a moron, then you've just embarrassed the party. You've embarrassed yourself. Maybe, I'm sorry, maybe read the handbook on what it means to be a secretary of state instead of just running for the office because the election was stolen. Oh, my God. Like, maybe just actually read a book. Even if he can do it, which I think that's there's going to be a lot of people who are going to file some challenges or maybe file some challenges or uh, at least, at the very least, object to that. You're 
in charge of ensuring that the elections are free and fair and you are coming out of the gate before the filing deadline saying this is the guy not only who I want to win but as Casey pointed out this is the guy who's going to win that before a single ballot has been that passed. just seems like the so most egregious thing you could possibly do here's where I'm going to split from you guys a little bit I, I agree that it was a very stupid thing to do I agree that it doesn't look good however I I, I have an issue with some of the individuals who take this and say, see, this is evidence that it's all rigged and it's all a big conspiracy and nobody's letting anybody do anything. Okay, you cannot claim that people are simultaneously big dumb idiots and evil geniuses at the same time. What I see with Diego Morales is big dumb idiot. He doesn't know how the office works. I, you can't claim that he's also like, because I've seen the comments on Twitter and Facebook and whatever else. They're, oh, see, this is how the Indiana GOP. Guys, no one was going to beat Banks in a race. I'm sorry. He's an extremely popular representative with but the vast why, majority but of why, This is my question to you, Tony, and, and I agree with you. He's going to win. Why does, I mean, he has, uh, he, his behavior about keeping people off the ballot, whether it's Rust or this little happy dance he did over Nikki Haley, this is bizarre behavior for a guy who's going to win anyway, and it's so beneath what I used to think Jim Banks was. But these Republicans are obsessed with people not being able to run for public office. So, so I I agree with you that Russ should be on the ballot. I agree with you that the Indiana election law that says you need to vote in a certain number of primaries is A, stupid, and B, unconstitutional. C, I have yet to hear from Rust or his campaign adequate reasons for a lot of his actions voter wise, at least that, that suit me or regarding his connections on the case in Indianapolis. Aside from that, I agree that Diego Morales's actions are patently stupid. As far as like the, the criminality and, and egregiousness of it, again, I'm, I'm not really seeing, I, I'm not really seeing the, like the motive to actually go out there and be malicious and, and do stuff. It just seems like really cheap political. Right. right. Here's, all, here's all I know though. When I was in the, uh, cause I worked in the state house, right. I had the privilege of working for two state auditors in a very short, technically three, but really two in a very short period of time. And it was made very clear that if they were going to do anything political, it couldn't be done in that office. Right. And not only couldn't it be done in that office, they had to go across the street, whether mm-hmm. it was to Patachow or the party headquarters or whatever, because you were absolutely 100% right. not supposed to do anything political in the taxpayer-funded office. And this guy is taking the photo. I agree. And he's doing the endorsement. Yep. So unless something has changed since I've been gone. No, nothing has changed. But look at the difference in the two positions. When I worked in Governor Walker's office in Wisconsin as a lowly education policy advisor, I was given the same speech. And they gave that speech to me because I was a young, dumb kid, like you were once, who went to work at the state house. <laughs> and they have still to, now. And they have to explain to you what the rules are. When you get elected to the Secretary of State position, no one takes you aside and actually gives you the brow beating. Here's what you don't do to screw over your office and the laws at play. And again, Diego Morales is not a guy who's sought a lot of help in how to do that office. I'm still waiting. I'm still looking. Did you see the latest email from him? It uh, The no, title I'm, is... I thank God I'm not on his email list. <laughs> well, well, I am. And I received an email last night and it said, President Trump files with Secretary Morales. Isn't it technically that uh, Donald Trump will file with the Secretary of State? I mean, it's like he's trying to take credit for it. Again, it's all political grandstanding theater. As, as a lot of populists are, they care more about the fact that Trump or Trump's 
kind of aura, like just go in there and hit things populism style, is winning rather than actually taking the office and governance seriously. And again, this is why you cannot lump everyone together and say, well, Trump voters. Like, well, what kind of Trump voter are you talking about? Are you talking about the person who idolizes and worships Donald Trump, like Diego Morales clearly does? Or are you talking yeah. about the person who actually says, Trump was a good president, he had great foreign policy, great economics, and I like when he hits the libs. Two totally different classes of people. Diego is not the latter. Uh, what's coming up on the Tony Kennett cast tonight, 7 o'clock, WIBC? A little bit of this, because I am so tired <laughs> of stupid Indiana drama that does not matter, if you'll excuse me, compared to the national scandals going on. I have to take my time away from Biden disgracing the blood of U.S. troops so I can come back, oh no, whose Holcomb second aid took money from? That is the most stupid nonsense non-news story I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, you're the best. Thank you, Tony Kennett. Thanks, guys. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. on this with Tony Kinnett just moments ago, so let's go a little deeper, shall we? 20 minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and that is one of the candidates for governor, Eric Doden. He recently received uh, two $1 million donations for his run for governor. From who, Casey? Well, one, was, you... one was from his dad. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and everybody is free to spend their money as they want, and everybody is free to suck their parents' inheritance however they want. But I am telling you, I could think of about 38 different ways to better spend that money. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has received a huge sum of money from his dad, other than a governor's campaign that has as much chance of winning as I do. And I'm so, not running. So, uh, and, and if you did, would Mike give you a, a million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, there's a famous uh, the movie Field of Dreams where uh, there's a, a, a character as an old man. He's played by Burt Lancaster, but his name is uh, Archie Graham, and his whole dream was to if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. His whole dream was to play in the major leagues and get an at-bat, and he never did. And then as part of this world that Kevin Costner, the main character, lives in, he can make old baseball players' dreams come true. And so they meet the young version of this guy and he goes and plays the the ball game and he finally gets the the at bat and at the first pitch the guy the the guy that's pitching throws it right at his head and he he jumps out of the way and he looks at the umpire and goes hey ump how about a warning and the umpire goes sure Watch out you don't get killed. That would be my dad if I asked for anything from him. Right? Watch out. My- Keep your head up, Rob. That's a, that's what he would contribute. So Eric Doden is a very rich guy, uh, made a lot of money uh, in the business world. His father was a very wealthy individual, made a lot of money in the business world, which is fine. That's totally nothing wrong with that. And his dad has given him, I mean, I, I don't know what the official total is now, I, I'm close to at least two million dollars i think um because there have been other other donate sizable donations and um look i'm just saying you should probably call jefferson shreve and ask how that uh 
how that feels to spend millions of dollars and have nothing to show for it. So he actually became the first candidate to officially and technically file for the governor's yes. race by turning in his verified signatures from all 92 counties. And he has been affirming his position that he wants to reform the IEDC. Okay, this is fascinating because he was the head of the IEDC. Eric Doden under Pence was the head of the IEDC mm-hmm. and not to the level because it didn't happen to the level and and there's not the just ridiculous projects that that are going on today under Holcomb but it was the same premise it's public money used to enrich mega corporations that's what the that's what the IEDC is the IEDC takes money it's a quasi government agency so as we've spelled out on this show before it can play totally fast and loose with the rules and reporting rules and every give you what they want and then not give you what they don't want and so you have no way to track failure success which tells you about the amount of failures that are probably out there and and they give that money to very wealthy corporations and they erect bright shiny objects and make a bunch of money off your money that's what they do that's 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 why they exist he was the head of the idc he was the uh, secretary of commerce and so the idea that he's now billy badass about reforming the idc is somewhat humorous to me because it sure didn't happen under his watch. Do you know, was Brad Chambers his immediate successor? You know, I don't know if there was a... I, I've got Somebody a, in between Yeah, him? I've got to think because he's been out of that game for quite a while. He was under Pence, mm-hmm. and I, I don't... Usually, you don't have somebody staying in that position. So, I'm, I've got a feeling there were probably... And I could look that up here during the break, that there were people in between. Yeah. Them, but they're the, Chambers is running for governor, and Doden is running for governor. It's like the picture of Pam from the office going, it's the, it's, the, it's the same picture. Yeah, it's, it's the same the, picture. It's well, the same guy. I, I'm just wondering if this is like a, uh, a John Adams, uh, Thomas Jefferson situation where when John Adams left office, he left in a huff and he was not pleased about his successor. Um, but Eric Doden, or, you know, he's been actually kind of attacking Brad Chambers and his work that he did in the IEDC. And he's also been very vocal about telling Eric Holcomb and his little legacy project to eat it. Yeah. He's not a fan of what's going on. Yeah, so I, we may have to rethink our opinion. So full disclosure, and I've said this before, I met with Eric Doden mm-hmm. at their request last year, and I met with him for about an hour. And I was very direct with him on the things he needed to do, some unknown guy would need to do in order to become governor of the state of Indiana. And I said, if you're not going to do these things, you're not going to win because you got to be bold when you're going to be running against entrenched establishment people who are known and will be able to, while you have a lot of personal resources, these people have infrastructure related resources that you don't have. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to endear yourself to the people and captivate people's imaginations on you and he's done none of them and thus why the polling that's come out in every poll he's somewhere around six whatever six seven percent or whatever because he's just trying to play a traditional game and he doesn't want to rock any boats and he doesn't want to make anybody angry and he's been at it for a year and this is why if you don't listen to me you're not going to win well he said we need a 92 county strategy for the state we shouldn't let indianapolis pick winners and losers and he stated that he's going to start sharing stories of hoosiers that are being affected by the leap project yeah so we may have to rethink 
thing, and I said this yesterday, I mean, we may have to start rethinking our thing on Doden because while he doesn't have any actual ideas that I've seen so far that are going to make Hoosiers collectively lives better. Now, he did target specific people like if you're a teacher, you don't have to pay taxes. But like me, you, Kev, like these, I've seen nothing. Mm-hmm. However, if his whole campaign is going to be about attacking Holcomb and Leap, because boy, here was my favorite part of this. So he put this video out yesterday. It's a pretty compelling video, actually. It's about five minutes long. And my favorite part about this mm-hmm. is mouthy Matt Gentry, the mayor of Lebanon, um, got all up in a tussle about this and started responding to it. And this is where people like mouthy Matt and these politicians who don't want to be challenged can't help themselves. I would have never seen this video mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him responding. Like, I don't follow Eric Doden. I'm not engaged with Eric Doden. I would have never seen this video, but because mouthy Matt couldn't help himself. Brought it to your attention. And it came to my attention. So now we're going to, I mean, they say nobody's listening, but mm-hmm. it could be nobody. It could be tens of thousands of people. But it, let, let, why don't we play a little bit of this to yep. give Doden some free publicity just to piss off mouthy Matt. Okay, so we've got a couple clips from the video. He says these farmers, families, and community leaders deserve to be heard. This is from a Tippecanoe farmer. Her name is Carly Sheets, and here she explains how this is affecting her. So the way that I guess I could probably best explain it is that um, the government is trying to leverage development in central Indiana. And in doing that, they're, um, they've manufactured basically a crisis themselves. There's a water shortage in central Indiana that they've been aware of for at least a decade, if not longer. And um, instead of investing in that problem with taxpayer dollars to fix it correctly, instead they are putting in a pipeline or wanting to put in a pipeline that they can take water to central Indiana to develop that area and then pipe the rest of it to the Indianapolis area to try to fix that water crisis. Perfect. Yeah, okay. But the question you have to ask, this is just a really good campaign video. Don't be fooled by the marketing. Or is this truly something that he believes in? Because as you mentioned, he used to run the IEDC. Sure. Screw him. So now he's going to turn around and attack them. But you can still use people or have their own self-interest if they're putting something out that will benefit the public at large knowing about it. Both of these things Mm -hmm. can be true. Eric Doden... When he talks about a 92-county strategy, that is not what the IEDC is. That's what he oversaw. He knew that when he signed up for it. The IEDC is about doing the bidding of the governor and taking the governor's preferred interests and making those business interests a reality in the state of Indiana. It's not about 92 counties. It's about serving. That's why you're under the governor. You serve at the will of the governor. And he knows that. Eric Doden, full crap. But if he's going to go after Holcomb and he's going to go after Leap, we're on board. We are here for you, Eric Doden. We are here for you. One more video, uh, one more segment from this video that I wanted to share with you. And we've had Bob Love on this program before. And here he is saying where the money will go. My grandmother purchased this farm and she allowed my dad to farm it and my dad is allowing us to farm it. And so we think that it's kind of a ludicrous concept that the state of Indiana wants to come in here and destroy Indiana's biggest industry, which is agriculture, in favor of other industries, a lot of which are Pacific Rim industries that want to come in here and take the money and the earnings that they get back to the communities that they live in, which oftentimes are not in the United States. Okay, so Eric Doden says that he wants his campaign uh, to build up the small cities, but then he says that we can't allow um, the governor's office to pick winners and losers. So, which is it? Here's what we're as the governor, you're going to camp, you're going to build up the small cities and pick those winners and losers, or you're not. Here's the deal, Doden. I know your people listen, so you'll hear this, and we got to get to the news with Kurt Darling. Mm -hmm. Um, I know your people listen. You and me, 
we're not going to agree on a lot of things, but we can agree that Holcomb sucks mm. and Leap is horrible. And if you want to come in here and tell us how much you think Leap sucks, we will give you as much time as you want to talk about how Eric Holcomb is failing the people of the state of Indiana. Sound good? You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Good morning. It is 1034 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 317-684-8444. That is the phone number if you'd like to contribute your voicemail. Questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever you've got. Uh, We were talking earlier about all the potholes, and there's a number you can call to report them. And you posed the question, Rob, about can't can't you get reimbursed if it does damage to your car? And uh, somebody called, and they actually have an answer for you. Um, in order to get on the list to get paid for your tire damage, you must have, somebody must have already reported that particular pothole, and they must have had time to address the issue before your damage happened. Good luck, everybody. (laughs) So think about that. If that's the case, then that pothole has to be there for a while. Somebody else has to have called. You have to have experienced damage to your vehicle before you get reimbursed. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out for you. So let's just take our time feel like the, fixing the issue. I feel like the government is not on my side, mm-hmm, Casey. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we've been talking a lot about the border lately, and somebody wanted to call and make a comment about Mike Braun and do we believe him, and do we actually believe Donald Trump when it comes to deporting illegals? So today I would like to steal Rob's favorite word, disingenuous. Huh? Am I the only one that thinks that the campaign for governor, Senator Braun, saying that he's going to round up and deport illegal aliens as a governor in the middle of the country is actually true and factual and he's going to do anything about it? Or that Trump is going to be able to deport, what, five, six, seven million people that Biden and Obama have let into the country illegally? Yeah, we have immigration laws. We just refuse to enforce them. Hmm. Okay, well, I think he's got the best point there. We have the laws, but they're just not enforcing them. Where have we heard that before? Yeah, right here on this program. And how about those uh, four illegal migrants who assaulted those New York police department officers and what they now believe that they got on buses and they went to California and flipping off the cameras? I've told you people this, whether it's business or politics or illegal immigration or whatever you want to fill in, if somebody doesn't fear the other side, they are going to steamroll everyone. And in this case... Uh, these illegal immigrants know Biden's a joke. They know these sanctuary cities are a joke. They know these governors are a joke. And they believe, and rightfully so, they can do whatever they want to do. So earlier this week, we played that phone call that Joe Biden made to the family of um, the lost soldier. Yeah. And during that phone call, he said that he understood because his son was in Iraq. That's correct. And he lost his son there. Yes. 
And then I noticed about seven hours after you and I pointed that out that all of the major um, news outlets were also reporting on it. Not just saying that we we were on. We're always one. a leader, Casey. I know we are. We're always the. We are. We're just light years ahead of the curve. But uh, here's a phone call about that. Hey, Robin and uh, Casey, just wanted to thank you again for all you've done. And uh, I was listening to you earlier today uh, how Joe Biden was uh, comparing his struggles with uh, losing a son in Afghanistan to the parent or the relatives of uh, one of the soldiers that died last week. And uh, and I can just imagine he will, uh, and, and he lied about it, of course. And I can just imagine him uh, when he goes to uh, New Palestine, and uh, talking about how he can relate to what they went through with the chemical spill, where his maid spilt bleach on the floor and nearly ruined his new suit. I can just imagine how he's going to relate to him. It mm-hmm. just makes me sick how that guy can lie like that. So thanks again for all you do. Keep us all informed. Bye. It's just like when he went to Hawaii and, yeah. he, and he was trying to relate to the wildfire yeah. out there. Absolutely, 100%. Small kitchen fire, right? It's the it's the same old story over and over again from this guy. And didn't Bo Biden pass away four years after he returned from Afghanistan? It, it, yes, it was nowhere close. Yeah. Um, okay, so Jim Lucas uh, making news, uh, State Rep Jim Lucas making news the other day at the State House. And um, here's a phone call about that. I understand your point about Jim Lucas about him being a criminal, not necessarily a felon, and not illegal for him to carry a firearm, being able to carry a firearm where you cannot, I understand that. But I think you need to take a step back, consider the bigger picture, and put the fire where it needs to go, which is on these anti-2A people. They have made a mountain out of a molehill and you're just busy engaging your own prejudice against Jim Lucas, which I understand. I get it. But I think you should lighten up a hair. And I know that's not in your character. Say hi to Casey for me. Later, Rob. Oh, uh, we appreciate that phone call. No, I'm not, I'm not going to lighten up because there's no reason that Jim Lucas with a criminal record should be able to carry a firearm somewhere. And I can't. There's none. There's no excuse for it other than Jim Lucas and the Indiana General Assembly write the rules so that they can have more than we can have. Mm -hmm. And this is not the first time they've done this, and it is not the last. If everybody remembers, and we went into detail on this yesterday, when the mask mandates, when Holcomb was trying to put people in jail for not wearing masks, the first thing the Indiana General Assembly, of which Jim Lucas is a part of, did when they came back during Org Day of 2020 was not stand up for you, not strike down the mask mandate for you, they exempted themselves. And if you went through the state house in the 2021 legislative session, you would see people all over that state house wearing masks except for the lawmakers. It is a better than you approach. And I, look, I've seen this stuff happen. Were you here when I went and gave blood at the state house? No. Were you here? So people remember, I guess the other, it may it was either in between the two blonde ladies or the previous blonde lady. I don't remember. Longtime listeners will remember this. I go over there, the MS of the time who owned us was doing this blood drive and said, okay, hey, yeah, we'll go over there. I'll do it. No problem. And, you know, you're sitting there for like 30, 45 minutes and these lawmakers, of which Lucas was one, but it was a lot more than him, are just cutting everybody in line. Like, what is your blood better than my blood? Is your time more valuable than my time? This is the way these people view themselves, that they are better than you. It's why Diego Morales can endorse Jim Banks and play politics and and 
engage in political behavior from his office and tweet that out, despite the fact that at the Indiana Office of Inspector Generals, the top line on summer of the political activity rule, don't engage in political activity during work because Diego believes he's better than you. He believes the rules don't apply to him. He believes he can do whatever he wants. There's no reason that me without a criminal record, if I did the exact same thing, the exact same thing that Jim Lucas did, that I would go to jail and face very serious criminal consequences, but Jim Lucas with a criminal record can do it only because he writes the rules that way. I got a very long... Did I miss anything? Is anything I said they're unreasonable or untrue? Well, I... Okay, so I got a very long email from somebody who was uh, kind of agreeing with you, kind of disagreeing with you. Part of it, he said, it's only in the administrative code, which could be changed by the administration anytime about this, who can carry in the state house and who can't. And he said that it's simply a matter of separation of powers. And that's why Jim Lucas did that. And Jim would be one of the first people to make it legal for the general public. No, 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 no. And if that's the case, why hasn't he done that? No, 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 no. Bull. Why was Daniel Elliott here yesterday, the state treasurer, mm-hmm. talking about how he's going through the General Assembly, of which Jim Lucas probably screwed that up for him, to try to get his people to be able to carry too? If it's just an administrative act, no, it's absolutely not. That's why uh that's why the state treasurer was here yesterday telling us how he's testifying in front of not the governor, mm-hmm. but the General Assembly right. because they make the rules. Yep. Jim Merritt was here yesterday. He was a part of the deal when they did that. He confirmed that too. They make the rules. Uh, Jim Lucas doesn't care about you at all. These Republicans don't care about you at all. And what Jim Lucas did yesterday had nothing to do with those kids. I have said time and again, I think Jim Lucas should be allowed. He's not a felon. He has a criminal record, but he's not a felon. Mm -hmm. He should be allowed to carry a gun in the state house. But so should I, because I don't have a criminal record. And these lawmakers, you people need to wake up about how little these lawmakers think of you. The fact that you're fighting me on semantics when they're treating you like garbage. There's no defense for this. There's no reason that lawmakers should be able to carry a gun and you can't. There's no reason lawmakers should have had to wear a mask and you did. None whatsoever other than they believe they're better than you. All right, one more phone call and this is a a compliment towards you, Rob, and it's saying how you should run for office. Hey, uh, I listen to your show. I listen every day. Absolutely love it. I remember yesterday you were touting and bragging about how good you are, and I have no doubt that you are, but quit bragging and quit talking about it, and please run for office. Show them how it's done. Show them how you can save the taxpayers' money and do things right in the way government should be ran, not the way it's being run now. So God bless. Guys, have a great weekend. <laughs> oh, that's a very nice phone call. <laughs> and you know how I am. I would never say never. <laughs> that is very unlikely to happen again. Uh, number one, I've already done that. <laughs> if you've, uh, it's like, why did Michael Jordan quit after six? Yeah. There was nothing left to prove. Right. I've already done that. Why would I want to be, I was never more miserable personally in my <laughs> life than <laughs> when I was an elected person. <laughs> because my whole life was about other people. Because Casey will vouch for this. I have a bit of neurotic, very addictive personality. (laughs) And as such, as I've grown as an adult, I've recognized I have to put guardrails Mm -hmm. around myself, Mm -hmm. which is to not subject myself to positions to do things that will ultimately make me miserable. 
And so why mm-hmm. would I willingly, now with a wife and small child. It would literally kill you. It would. Yeah. I would be dead within five years if I went back in. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I decided to run for governor and won. If I almost died being a, a municipal elected official, <laughs> what do you think would happen running an entire state? Right. And I there are I have this. <laughs> and this is way more powerful. And I talk to way more people. And I can get way more done mm-hmm. being right here. And plus, look at how happy you are working with me each day. I know, day. I know. How I, could I possibly? And poor little Kevin. I know. What would we do? We would, we would what miss would we you do? too much. We would miss you too much. You can't do that to us. Think think of us. Exactly. You, you say you, you think of other people all the time. And your your group of people has just gotten smaller. The, the phone calls are always flattering, and it's never say never. And maybe when I'm 60 and old and my wife has had enough of me and it demands I leave the house more, mm-hmm. then maybe. But I just— Not today! Casey, this is like the first time I can—you I, know, I can say this. The past—I've never been more happy collectively yeah. than the past three or four years in my life. Mm-hmm. I work with people I like. Mm-hmm. I have hours that I like. Mm-hmm. I do something that I like. Mm-hmm. I get— uh, to talk about things that I like, and then I can go home and be around people that I like. Exactly. Do you know in my life, all of those things have never ever collided at the same time? The stars have Why aligned would I for give you. That up? Don't change it now. We've got Hammer who's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. in front of 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. What you, you can hear at, the Casey? laughter. What are you laughing at, Casey? I, I, the the off-air conversations with you, <laughs> Hammer. They you always know, make can, me if laugh. If we could do the off-air conversations on-air, our ratings would be triple. Yeah, we'd also right be now. fined by the FCC. We'd have been canceled a long time ago. A <laughs> long time ago. Uh, okay, so uh, we got to find out how fat you are today. Yes. For the, and would you like to reset how we do this for people who are new to the program? So, on <laughs> On August 11th, I decided, man, I'm grossly obese, so I am going to try to lose 50 pounds. And what I'm going to do to hold myself accountable is come in here on this segment every Friday mm-hmm. and weigh in. If I lose weight or if I'm tied from the previous week, that's awesome. Survive in advance. If I gain in any way, I have to put $5 into a virtual pot, which Rob Kindle will inevitably blow at Applebee's and Brownsburg. Absolutely. So you're $10 down for the year. You start. You started at two seventy one. You come in today at two. What is it? Two forty five point six. Is that right. correct? We're making good progress. And this time around, I wanted to do it like the right way. Like in the past, I probably did some unhealthy things to get to my goal yeah. weight. This time, I wanted to make some life choices. Mm-hmm. I'm meal prepping. I'm drinking water. I'm going to the gym. Yeah. A little less Slow drinking. Slow and steady. A little less drinking. A little less. Mm-hmm. A little less. Nothing crazy. I mean, I'm still living my life. Yeah. Sure. So uh, let's see where we're at. We've got to beat 245.6. I got a bad feeling about today, though. Uh-huh. All right, Tubby. We got a box of donuts over there for you, too, if it doesn't work out. <laughs> Hammer heading over to the scale. Look of uh, concern on his face. Yeah. And Here we go. 
Wait, I won. Yeah. I Yay! won the money. Hey, good job, Five dollars to Rob. Oh boy. Last week I was two forty five point six. This week two forty six point two. See, that's a hard one to lose because not that's not that much weight. Yeah. Right. That's but not that these much are weight. the rules though. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these are the rules. And that's what I love about you. You're you're a jerk, but you're a fair jerk. <laughs> and you are an honest jerk. And um hey, speaking of jerks and people who owe us money. Rick Carlisle owes us some money after that Pacers game last night. I think so. So, Tyrese Halliburton's coming back from injury. Starved the Pacers. He's the straw that stirs the drink yeah. of the Indiana Pacers. So, he's on a 22 minutes per game restriction until we know for sure his hamstring is ready to roll. Yeah. So, for the second straight game now, Pacers had a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. And Halliburton sat out the entire fourth quarter because all of his 22 minutes had mm-hmm. been spent previously. Yeah, so Hammer had texted me. I was uh, My wife went to some conservative women's group thing last night, so I was in charge of the child. And uh, Hammer texted me. He said, hey, I'm getting in the Pacers money line action at the Knicks because one of the Knicks players is out. Right. I thought, hey, they got a 50-50 chance. And all right, I'm in on it with you. And they're winning the whole game. And then fourth quarter comes. They got a lead going into the fourth quarter. It was looking a little shaky. Well, how are you going to win if your best player doesn't play the whole quarter? And when asked about it after the game, Carlisle got a little snippy, said, I'm not going to talk about minutes and restrictions. Well, minutes and restrictions cost you the game. Yeah, Right. And these are games that you're going to look back at the end of the season and wonder why you didn't get a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs by two or three games. These are the games. Like the Knicks are one of those teams the Pacers are jumbled up with trying to catch in the East. Shouldn't they have to, you know, like when you buy a house, if there's something egregious wrong with the house, they have to disclose that to Mm -hmm. you. Shouldn't have someone had to disclose that to me that Rick Carlisle was not going to play the best player in the fourth quarter? Shouldn't someone have told me that? (laughs) I'm not saying don't do the minutes restriction. I actually think that's probably the right thing to do so he doesn't get hurt again. Mm -hmm. But why can't you balance it out to where you save some of those 22 minutes for the fourth quarter? Don't play them all at once. Right. Yeah. Like getting a big lead in the third quarter or the first quarter it's not winning time mm-hmm. in the NBA. Fourth quarter is winning time in the NBA. You want a player inspection before the game? Well, I'm just saying, yeah, it's great. Like you know, you inspection. get a homeowner inspection, and mm-hmm. I should you should have to divulge all that up front because I needed to know that before placing my wager, and I just <laughs> I feel like I was misled by the uh, by the system. Uh, speaking of being misled by the system, um, we got to get back on the right side of things. You got any strong feelings on this Purdue Wisconsin game on Sunday? Because no football this weekend, and I got to. Pass the time Something. somehow, yeah. The good thing about having no football this weekend, you've got plenty of time to line up your bets. And there's so many things you can bet on. Mm-hmm. Man, Purdue at Wisconsin. I believe it's up in Madison. It's a tough place to play. I need to study that up a little bit more. I'll put something out on my Facebook yeah! and Twitter, and I'll tag you both. What's Sounds coming up good? this afternoon? Uh, it's Beer Sample Friday. We are going to officially kickstart the weekend. Nice. Beer Sample Friday, and we are going to have a good time. Thank you, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.